0: March thirty first, twenty sixteen. Hey everybody! Welcome to the Machination Log. This is David, uh, and as as true a return to form as we can have, I've got Ryan Riley across from me. Machination Log Classic Edition. Classic <laughs> yes. indeed. Uh, but for an entirely new format. I know. We're going to be talking about exactly the same thing, just hopefully in a more timely fashion. Wonderful. Yeah. Um. So, Ryan, how has your week been? It's been a bitch. How's your week been? It has been bitch-like. All right, good. Well, you, well, you started off with a bitch weekend, right? You had a extended work hour session. Yeah, no, I had a and... surprise. I had a three-day surprise there. <laughs> and by three days, I mean I had three days to prepare to have two days straight to work. But uh, oh. that's... The hazard of the job. And that has not slowed all that much right. over the week. And I'll use that as my excuse in my uh, preamble to explain, by apology, that I have not done anything on Duel and Dan since right. I mentioned it yesterday. Gotcha. Um, I'm hoping to actually get started on it in the morning. I think I actually have a lull. Yeah. So hopefully that will happen. But uh, enough about that nonsense. You guys yeah. have heard about that. Ryan, yeah. I heard... But <laughs> there's some news about a forthcoming podcast, oh my
1: God. So, um, I you know, I'd kind of like gotten through the the bitch of the weekend as well, and you know, you like get worn down. I mean, you have like pay the bill kind of moments in your life, I right. guess and or I guess we're both both hitting those kind of moments. so um, you know, I had been working on this, and I had wanted to like discipline myself to a certain extent, so I got um. You know, if you're doing a podcast, I like looked up um, how to do like to, like script formats for like radio programs, right? And so uh, this, the, believe it or not, that was actually uh, very helpful because. You know, I had this problem where, you know, being a novice in like sound engineering or recording or anything like that, yeah. I actually had to, um, when I'd actually begun to kind of construct episodes, um, you know, you talking about knowing, not knowing what the hell you're doing, uh, I was like trying to on the fly kind of piece things together. And I got one like preliminary podcast put together where I had like sound recordings off of like YouTube, YouTube and things like that, uh, YouTube videos. So that I could like interject them as examples that I was trying to highlight, and um, but it it was problematic because then once again I kind of hit a brick wall where I was like, where do I go from here? Um, I can't go through this like research and discovery period every single time. Yeah, where do I put them in? What t- when do I? want And so like you know finding a script format was actually very helpful in terms of being able to like you know go through the half has half has half-assed experience of like getting this thing out there and then being able to say okay now can I formalize
0: this and make it reproducible how much of your skeleton is stolen from other people <laughs> um a lot of it actually cuz I, I didn't i didn't really feel i needed to reinvent
1: the wheel and when i had kind of gone through like how to like you know do all the technical aspects of getting the clips organizing the clips finding out where, how to edit them into the and uh, into audacity um when I looked at the script format, everything kind of, like, meshed up and made sense. So, like, the, I mean, if, if you're asking me about the skeleton of, like, how I'm doing this and how I've got it put together... Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I'd say that probably, like, 75% of it has been borrowed. I mean, yeah. it's, like, the the whole kit and caboodle, like... Um, when I looked up these, like, you know, these these radio script formats from, like, actually from the BBC. So, I have, like, the BBC script format, which I, I naturally. have. Naturally. And uh, that was very helpful, and it just... It just worked, man. It just it just fucking fit, and it made sense. And I was able to a little bit more confidently as I was writing scripts, going back, organizing them, getting them together. And um, like I said, it was just it was just really helpful. And I hadn't. You know, once again, it was something that we talked before about not knowing what we're doing, amateurishly going into this thing, and then saying, "There's like 120 years of radio tradition I can draw upon yeah. here." You know, like, no, I mean,
0: <laughs> at some point, outside help is warranted.
1: Well, and that, it, it, like, I, but I had to demonstrate almost to myself that I, it was needed, and that was like, you know, what like, why, that's, why do we? Okay,
0: I, I think that's an okay discovery period, provided okay. it. Um, it's identified and truncated before it becomes ridiculous. Oh yeah, problem solved. Like
1: <laughs> I mean really really problem solved. And um I mean just to, if I can just monopolize a little bit more here. Uh, I don't care at all. Okay, cool. I had um I had gone into some more problems of, you know, as I was looking for example like I've been doing one of the first episodes I'll get done with my podcast will be like how to perform a coup, how to do a coup. And I had some trouble kind of figuring out, like, you know, am I going – to is this going to be just, like, general principles or, like, in, into the nitty-gritty of certain coups? And, I mean, the real problem is, is that if we're if, if trying to create something, especially writing, I mean, one of the things that people, when they read, are looking for, especially things that are more nonfiction, is is insight. And it turns out that, like, that can be your goal is, like, you want you want to have an insight into something. You want to have something – you know, not only interesting to say, but also say it in an interesting in, a, in an interesting manner that someone would want to listen to. And um, I would have some problems kind of generating insight, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I was like really, really bogged
0: down. But I had—is um, it a misunderstanding of what qualifies as insight to the people who will be listening? Uh, because it feels like you'd fall into that trap if you read yep. about this stuff all the time. I imagine you start to get to a point where it's things that feel like common sense. It's like when you try to make a uh, a comedy and right. you stop realizing where it's actually funny yes. and where it's supposed to be funny. It yes. feels like you would run into that trap. Yeah, you do. And
1: what's also strange is that you you want you have like two problems of insight, which is that am I going to find some sort of unique or interesting way to present the material? Or am I going to actually find some sort of original way that nobody's ever looked at or, or, or seen this before, right? Am I going to be able right. to see something in coups that nobody's ever seen before? I've really kind of forgiven myself for not having those kinds of insights, but it is at the same time how you try to, um, how you want to kind of have like an insight into the way that you can kind of explain something to it as well. And I do this, it's it's kind of strange because I do this all the time as being a professor, as I try to figure out ways to explain things to people. Right. And... A master of analogy. Well, and it's and it's kind of funny because it can kind of happen like in the moment. You like I kind of reach these points, especially if I if I am going to, into an area or like sometimes if a student will ask a question, and you know, kind of tangent off of that, you can find usually some insight in the moment of having to create and think on your feet extemporaneously in that moment. And the strange thing is, is like how do you I mean, how are you able to continually put yourself in a moment where you're creating and thinking on your feet? You know, you're, you're you're putting yourself out there. Yeah. And if you're performing in the classroom, it's a little bit easier because it's like my job and I do it. And sometimes it happens even when I don't intend it to. Sure. But when you're like sitting alone in front of a blank screen, the only way to get there is by like just writing. And so I haven't really... Given myself any fucking leeway here, I was like, you just have to write more, motherfucker. Just fucking write more. And but that's like, uh, that's daunting in and of itself. I yes. mean,
0: I've tried over and over again to do machination logs. Part of the reason I'm trying to do them extemporaneously now is that when, as soon as I start writing, right. it slows me down mm-hmm. to a cadence that I can't properly think in. So okay. I've uh, my alternative to this, my hybrid of this, mm-hmm. which actually sort of maybe mirrors the way that your extemporaneous... Professorship goes is I, uh, I say something mm-hmm. and then write it down. Yes, I basically dictate my own words to me. Right. Um, I don't know if that's going to work for future machination logs. I don't intend at this point to actually turn these into scripts. Right. Because that would take too long. Absolutely that would defeat the purpose. But it's. It's one of those, I mean, I assume you have a different writing style than speaking style. Yes. Yeah, I, most people do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do what I can to eliminate that gap. Right, okay. Um. I don't know if that's a good idea. It's. <laughs> I mean,
1: it's It's kind of interesting because it can. it can be an effective way to kind of like discipline yourself to communicate. And I had some problems, especially when I was younger, of having some real – Having real problems being able to formalize and and especially in, in complicated tasks, put them together in a, in a in a concrete way without a continual interruption of visual of uh, of auditory problems. So I would stammer, I would stutter, I would um, I would ah, uh, I would do that a lot. I mean, I I have some of my own little picadillos on how I communicate anyway, but it was the it was fragmenting the language in a very very difficult uh, sense of how you would be able to to put it out there, and I'm kind of demonstrating that now a little bit as well, I'm even like reminding myself of it like almost
0: 10 times. Oh, well, no, absolutely. Ago. I mean, if you – well, and if you listened even to the earlier machination logs, it's quite apparent that you have noticed things that you say that you don't say as much now.
1: Yeah, it's – and it's strange too because it was – it had happened and I was listening to it over and over again, and it reminded me of that person back then as well, and it was – it's been a long time since I've been self-conscious since it, when speaking, and it was like you know, it's something I got rid of twelve, twelve years ago, and then all of a sudden, when you record yourself, it like pops up again, and it was just, it was, it was just unique and strange experience to go through. But, I mean, when you're writing, that is is very evident, and you can kind of like catch up on these patterns that you that you kind of talk in as well. But if I could maybe pull things back to the idea of Duel and Dan, um, I mean, when. So you had you had uh, done a model, correct, a clay model. Yep. Okay. Now
0: it still slightly survives. Excellent. Part of it does. All so right. It's all right. Not, I'm glad I took good pictures of it. Good. It's um <laughs> it's not holding up.
1: So maybe what I was kind of getting to is that, um, had you, how did you start with that? Did you have like an, an idea that you wanted in your mind of of what you wanted to en- 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 enact, and then. Put that into practice through the clay or was this something that it was just
0: In a word, no. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, I bought a bunch of aluminum wire, sixteen right. gauge, because I wanted to screw around with making skeletons. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I didn't actually intend to make this the next stage of Stand and Dan, though I knew that was a possibility. I basically just wound two humanoid-looking skeletons into dumb poses. Right. Which I was going to use as filler, as B-roll in a different video that ended up mm-hmm. eventually becoming Duel and Dan. So I then put Clay on top of that. Right. And... Decided that was a perfectly reasonable way to produce the next stage. For those who are unfamiliar, Dueling Dan is stage two. Right. In a project to create a moldless statue, um, mm-hmm. which normally what you do when you want to make a statue with any amount of detail, you cast it in, or you don't cast it, but you mold it in clay, you cover that in silicone, mm-hmm. you cask that silicone so that it's rigid, you take the clay out, and then you fill you backfill where the clay was with mm-hmm. whatever medium you want it to be made out of, cement or resin, etc. Gotcha. But that's really expensive because silicone, especially at the scales we're talking about, mm-hmm. a gallon of, silico- of decent silicone costs $200. Excuse me, say that again, please? A it, gallon of good silicone costs $200. thats a, I had no fucking idea that silicone was that expensive. Yeah. By contrast, a bag of gypsum cement, which weighs 50 pounds... <laughs> is a complete ripoff now at 20. Nice, okay. So, you know, I would love to be able to figure out how to make a statue that I don't have to do that with because the statue I'm thinking of making is superhuman in size. Right. So, the the final product, not not currently what we're at with stage two. Yeah. Stage two is about three feet, and the difficulty with this one is that uh, part of the reason you do a mold is that it allows you to not merely get fine detail, but uh, when you're working with things like cement, uh, they gloop, Yes. Which makes it really problematic, even if you can sculpt it, which thankfully it seems like you can with UltraCal. Mm-hmm. Um and Dan has an Anuboid figure leaning over a cat, and right. the problem is that barely wanted to stay still with wire in it. Right, okay. So I, we're go- it's gonna. it's going to be an adventure figuring out how to make that work. But if I can get that to work, mm-hmm. nothing else. Stage three can just be the final product as okay. far as I'm concerned. This this is the one. This is the make or break. Gotcha. Okay. On whether or not I can do a moldless cast. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And that's that's where you're at right now then. So,
1: yeah. I mean, do you – but, okay, so you have – so rather than starting off with an idea of what you wanted do and Dan to look like initially, you allowed yourself to kind of – you know, in a sense improvise something, it felt good, it, it looked it puddled, good. It was like, yeah, well it, came it puddled together.
0: its way into a role. Essentially right. I was making something, I was I was just screwing around. Mm-hmm. I was in the basic research development phase on just making skeletons, because that's not something I'd normally do. Right. Um and then, you know, puddle phenomenon, this just happens to fit another thing. Right. So I just I combined them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool, yeah.
1: So you have, but do you have any idea or any ideal form of what you want the uh, the last, I mean, the final stage of Duel and Dan? Uh, that's tri- a surprise. Tri- and, okay, cool.
0: I didn't, yeah. I did. Standard Dan, Doolin Dan, and uh, some other forms. Triplet Dan. Dan, I guess. We'll uh, see. Yeah. Okay, cool. But that one's you've got uh, that you've got your your little platonic ideal. You want to I've got towards. a mind's eye on it. Gotcha. That one. Wonderful. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Man. I don't know if the neighbors will like it, but that's you know. There's plenty of the neighbors. I've yet to see them complain of I it. Mean, yeah, anybody. they haven't. <laughs> I think I know one of them. Jeff, I think's one of the guys. I think names? so. Yeah. yeah, that sounds right. That sounds like a neighbor. That sounds like a neighbor name. It is. Jeff. And they're renters, so they have no authority here. Oh, wonderful! All right. Yeah.
1: Um, any other plans this week or anything? Any other projects you're working on or is it kind a bunch? Of... But there's no point in talking about them yet. All right, very good. Well, yeah. I'm going to get this fucker recorded, and uh, who knows? By the end of the month, I might actually have something that I could put up there on. Um, on uh, actual garbage that
0: might be like a finished product of something that'd be pretty sick. I'm looking forward to it, and we can do some kind of retrospective on what a pain in the ass it is. Absolutely, right afterwards. Yeah, well, actually, I'll get the uh, I'll
1: get the uh, in a week or so. I'll get the preliminary uh, episodes recorded up, and maybe we could do like the kind of like you know, am I f- uh, uh, kind of an addendum to like when knowing when you're finished kind of podcast too? Uh, but also True. maybe the finer points of critiquing other people's work as well, just as a general <laughs> idea,
0: which uh, I could both I could both do on air or off air. So um yeah. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to it, man. Got plenty of work moving. Sounds like plenty of material. And that's 15 minutes, so that's going to do it for this machination (laughs) log. That's more than enough information for a daily. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you.